0: people who are in your house, whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, you know, those relationships are the things that matter.
1: Hello and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So, Andrew, I just realized why you like to travel so much and go to these conferences that you go to. Why is that? Well, in addition to talking to families and encouraging them, you get to hang out with your buddies. That is true. That is true. And so we have one of your buddies on the show with us today. We have Todd Wilson, the family man.
2: The family man. The funny guy. That's (laughs) me. I'm here. I'm here. And I guess, Todd, I'm trying to figure out when we first met, but it had to be pushing 17 years ago, do you...
0: I was thinking it was in high school. I thought it was in high school.
2: (laughs) I pretty much doubt that, but if it was, you know, it would go with all the rest of my high school memories into the (laughs) deep, dark hole of nothingness. But no, I grew up in California. You grew up in, what, Indiana? Indiana.
0: Indiana. Yeah, I'm a Hoosier. Yeah, I think it's probably been 17 years.
2: I was curious how you got into drawing comics. Because that's how I first saw your book, was your comic book, and I thought, this guy's got really good, funny comics. And I think maybe our first contact or conversation was me wondering if you could draw a comic for my little IEW newsletter that I was trying to put out once a year. So how did you get into drawing comics?
0: Well, I think that's exactly, I think that was kind of our first contact, yeah. I had no ambition to be a a comic strip guy. I'm still not. I've always kind of been a communicator and a doodler. So I wrote a book for dads, You know, Help a Married to Homeschooling Mom. And I thought, you know, I think dads could, it would help them if they could, if you had some cartoons throughout it, they would kind of be little stepping stones through the book because dads are not always great readers. So I thought, you know, I can do this. Uh, my favorite cartoons, I've always kind of been a comic strip guy. My favorite ones are ones that are not necessarily well drawn. And in fact, some of the most hilarious are terribly drawn, but they still communicate the point. You know, they've got, they usually there's things you can identify with them. They're kind of exaggerated. You got to be able to tell a man is a man and a tree is a tree, but that's about as far, that's all you need. And so we did a few for, you know, for this men's book. And, and I, the response I got was, oh, I didn't read your book, but the cartoons were funny. <laughs> and, so, and so we started uh, doing cartoons just for, for homeschooling moms because, you know, really what I do is I kind of poke fun at all our insecurities because there are so many. And, and, you know, the amazing thing to me is that they've become something that I never thought they would become. I just thought it'd be a lot of fun, you know, and uh, but they've become medicine to homeschooling mom's souls uh, because they serve as reminders that that you're not alone. In fact, when we put them on a on a post on Facebook, they will just get passed around, you know, sometimes a hundred thousand times just because moms can identify with them. Moms will say, oh, that's my life. And how did you see that? And I'm like, because Todd, your life is our life. We're all the same.
1: Todd, I don't know if you remember this, but you did several cartoons for our teaching, writing, structure, and style seminar workbook.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: that, that's been yep, really I fun remember. to be able to convey strong verb isn't a loud verb, you know, some of the things that you, <laughs> right, the right, triples. Right, 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 right. And so we'll, we'll post a link <laughs> in our show notes to some of those cartoons so that our listeners can see you. Some of the artistry that okay, you've contributed to us. Yeah. So.
0: they're not art. They're not art. They're just they just uh, encouragement <laughs> in picture form.
1: <laughs> well, someone who can't draw hardly a circle without a, a tracing
2: element would call it art. Thank you, Todd. I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> so, what is it that makes something funny? Why why do people you know, see a cartoon? that you draw or hear something you say and laugh at that. I've been wondering and studying and thinking about this for some time. What's your take? What makes something funny?
0: Andrew, you may be the only man who can talk about funny stuff in kind of an academic (laughs) way. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and people will say that about me. They'll say, oh, you're so funny. And I really don't feel like a funny person. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I can't tell jokes. I don't, I don't do that. I think what makes things funny, and I've thought about it too as well, actually, is that people can identify with it, but it's not just the story, maybe, especially in a cartoon. It's not just something that's funny because that happened to them, because I'll have people, I've had hundreds and hundreds of people send me ideas for cartoons. And the one thing they have in common is that none of them are funny. (laughs) because they just tell me something that happened to them but i've taken some of their ideas and i've exaggerated them a little bit and all of a sudden sudden you go oh that, that that's hilarious because you can identify with it you know i think that's why we like cartoons and we like storytellers who tell stories that maybe we could have told and sometimes it's just saying something that you've thought but you're afraid to say you know there are a lot of moms out there homeschooling moms who pretend that they've got this homeschooling thing under control. And every day they barely drag themselves out of their beds. They hide in the closet, you know, crying, hoping that some, something will happen and change all this. And when I say that, there's this wave of refreshment just to know that they're not the only ones who feel that way. And somehow it feels funny from someone else's perspective maybe, but there's something, there's something wonderful and maybe funny, laughable, about something that's real, you know, that uh, maybe they'd like to say but are afraid to say it, because I think I think it is interesting that once you start talking with these moms and you'll say, "Oh yeah, this is so hard. I just, you know, wanted to throw the whole thing in and put the kids on a yellow school bus," and the moms will like look around to make sure nobody's listening, and then they tell their stories of feeling the same way, and they laugh and they cry and they feel cleansed when it's all over.
2: Yeah, I think you hit on something very significant there in saying reality. It's funny in in photographs or in movies without the soundtrack, it is often difficult to tell the difference between someone who's laughing and someone who's crying simply from the from the visual appearance that those those are kind of two extremes that touch a similar point. I don't I know you're a little younger than I am, but I noticed as I have gotten older, you know, into my 50s, that I I will cry at stuff a lot more often than I feel like I used to, you know, when I was 30s, 40s, something. Has that happened to you? Do you, do you think you become more sensitive, where things um, that are real touch you more powerfully?
0: Well, I know that the, I, I think I do feel touched by that in, in certain areas. You know, our kids are growing up. We have a married sons, sons that are getting married, and we have a granddaughter and expecting another. And, and when I see sometimes parents with young children, things that, that I no longer have, I, I feel that, you know, or I feel that deeply. Maybe it's, you know, maybe part of that and is just, you know, where the Bible says teach us to number our days. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm learning that lesson or I have learned that lesson because it is so fleeting. And really it's a motivator in, in what I do as a homeschool encourager and as a, as a family man. I just wanna encourage dads and I wanna encourage moms you know, to hold on to these things. And you can't hold them on. You can't stop them. You can't slow them down. But you can enjoy them. And you can you can maybe forego some of the distractions that keep us from enjoying them. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell every mom who's listening right now. When you get to the end of homeschooling, you're not going to think of Andrew Pudua. You're going to think of the, that time you sat down with your kids. You're not going to think of the... You know the the lessons that you covered. You're gonna think of the times that you know it was a sunny day and you moved everything outside because it was just so much fun, or the day you skipped because someone got sick and you laid on the couch and you watched all four episodes of whatever Anne of Green Gables all in a <laughs> row. Those are the things that 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 I feel that feel very emotional to me.
2: In, in your cartoons, these little. Touch points of truth. I know that uh, one thing you and I have shared and talked about uh, is the difference between raising boys and girls and having both and seeing the, you know, the, yeah, I hate to use the word, but the stereotypical differences. And why is it that when we acknowledge that in humor? You you have some cartoons, some things. I've got my right. talk on boys. And people come up and say, you've been in my house. How do you know that about, you know, my kids?
1: Uh, right.
2: Why is that freeing for them to have us external observers acknowledge the same thing that they want to be able to acknowledge? But for some reason are afraid to, I guess.
0: Honestly, I think, you know, I wrote a book called Lies Homeschooling Moms Believe. I think there's also a, a part that I have not added before, but I've thought about it, about Lies Homeschooling Moms Tell. Because really, you know, I mentioned those cartoons. I think I think they want to say that. But, you know, when they're over at their friend's house and they're seeing all the amazing things that their kids are doing. And, you know, like you talk about, boys would be rather be making forts. And, you know, your, your kid's... You can't get them hardly – you can't even get them settled down for two minutes to talk about strong verbs, you know. And and so you think – I think you're isolated. You think you're the only one. And then so when Andrew says, hey, my boys did the same thing, feel the same way, you know, it just feels so refreshing. Like I said, so the cartoons that I've made, they get passed around amazingly. In fact, I remember I – did this one cartoon, and it's kind of classic Todd, you know, or it's a wife, she's in the closet, and she's crying, kind of kneeled up, and there's a husband who's holding the door open, and above it, the caption says, a dumb question, and his question is, so, how was school today? (laughs) And I'll tell you, I put that out one time, and it got passed around, I mean, it just started, boom, 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 passing around thousands and tens of thousands of times, lots of comments, 100 comments, you know, oh, that was me the other day, but then, One mother will say, oh, I've never found myself in there. I love homeschooling. And there will not be one more comment. (laughs) I'm not kidding. There is not one more comment after that. You know, the truth is that mom does feel that way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I've talked to some of those moms who will say, well, I don't feel those. I don't believe those lies, Todd. And then as they're talking to me, I'm like, you just said all. you believe them all. Mm -hmm. But you, you portray something else. And so I think. Andrew, when you say something, you know, that's real or I do or anybody does, it's validating to the person who's listening that I'm normal, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it evidences itself in this laughter, you know, not because they think it's so funny. I think I think it's this pulse of emotion that just comes out, you know, like popping a cork off a bottle and sometimes it comes out as laughter. And sometimes they're sitting there as you're talking about your kids making forts and whatever, building swords. And they cry instead of laughing, because, not because they're sad, but that it just is like a wave of refreshment mm. to hear that. And so really, I'm challenging every mom who's listening to be real with those things. I think I can only remember one time, really one time where I said something real that someone came and challenged that and said, well, you know, I don't think that's very good. Every other single time, they always come up and they, they think more highly of you when you share your dirt than when you share your good stuff. And I think that's that's interesting to me because I feel the same way. Honestly, I like Andrew better. I like you better, Andrew, when you show, share your real stuff because I think, oh, he's not just some brainy guy who taught his kids and has no problem. He's just like my kids, you know, and he's just like me. And it draws me to you.
2: Yeah, one thing I was uh, contemplating as you were talking about the, you know, lies moms believe and tell and, and also kind of the effect of the social media on people. You know, I think you've come across research I've seen that shows how really people tend to be more unhappy the more time they spend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, because they are then comparing their ugly imperfect life with what appears to be you know the best of everyone else i know you you speak and write about technology taming the techno beast one of your best sellers i'm sure have have you had anyone kind of say that to you like you know i just don't even want to hear about someone else's perfect day and see their perfect meal and see their perfect family
0: but I think moms say that all the time, but it's kind of like pigs jumping in the mud. We hate it, and yet we cannot pull ourselves away from it. I don't know what the deal is. E- even I sometimes will feel that. You know, if I if I look at your page and i like, wow, look at all the activity they're getting, and look at the l- little activity that I'm getting, or look where Andrew's speaking, and look where I'm not speaking, and all of a sudden you begin to look at your life that you used to like, and you think, This is not any good. This is way better. In fact, I'll tell you what I really admire. I admire the moms who make a conscious effort and really pull out of it. I know my wife, she has at times, she, you know, she took the Facebook app off her phone. So she couldn't run to that all the time, you know, because it was poisoning her soul. And I think a lot of moms feel that. And I would just encourage you, mom, because I don't think you can win the comparison game. I think, you know, there are moms who try um, some of the bloggers. I mean, every, it just looks like they have all the fun in the world. Their kids are amazing. Their marriages are amazing. They're always smiling. It feels like Candyland to me where, you know, it's all just happy in peppermint lane, but that's not real. It's not where we live. It, it's hard to look at any post really, and not feel a little lacking when it's over. Um, and it will steal it'll steal your joy. it'll steal it'll steal the way you look at your kids. You will no longer look at your kids as wonderful little blessings from God. You'll look at them as, why can't they be like them? Why can't they do what they do? And what they're sharing isn't real anyway. So it's hard.
2: Yeah, have you ever thought, Todd, about making a movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I would think that that would be kind of like the perfect combination of your remarkable and synthesized talents. Your 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 way of creating little pictures and vignettes along with, you know, the the text and the dialogue and then the kind of transparency and honesty that we're talking about. I think you could Probably if you teamed up with some people who have, you know, the technical experience to make right. it easier, I, you you could make a fantastic film. Well, I, I think you should. Well,
0: why don't you have – I'll have my agent talk to you, Andrew, <laughs> and uh, we'll see if we can do a movie deal here. Um, I work, you know – I mean 20 or 30 million could probably nail me down. Uh, so <laughs> –
2: well, I, do, I, I do know a couple I, movie maker types, so once they're done with their project, maybe I will send them your way.
0: <laughs> do that. Do that. We are starting something new. I'm really excited. My son and I, are and our, we're starting a, a kind of a new community. We're call it the, calling it The Smiling Homeschooler, and we're really hoping to do that. We're hoping to do a lot of social media kind of things, not where we show you how, how to homeschool in a, in a better way. And that you're not alone, and that we're going to laugh at, at some of our insecurities, and uh, you know maybe we'll wear little placards around our neck that said, "Hey, my, my 12-year-old didn't start reading till he was 11," or and that's okay, um, but we're excited about maybe about this new community that, that that might help moms smile and children smile, because my fear is, you know, we're driving him so that they're not going to want to homeschool their kids. In fact, they're already starting to say things like, well, I'd never homeschool my kids. And when your kids say that, that means you're not doing it the right
2: way. I, it is something I think we've probably both experienced, and that is raising our kids and having a, a home business, a family business. I have spoken many times on that topic of um, entrepreneurship education, and how do you cultivate those types of entrepreneurial thinking in young people what would be your observations about the you know the pluses and minuses of kids you know they've traveled with you a lot a lot more than my kids with I did cuz you go by motorhome I usually go by airplane <laughs> but i'm sure you know the other side of it too everything from the you know sending out boxes of stuff to answering questions on the phone to Maybe sharing with, you know, some of the bookkeeping type of stuff. Has that been a really great thing for, for your family?
0: It's been an amazing thing for my family. You know, not because we're an amazing business, you know, not because we do everything so amazingly. Because, you know, it's hard. If you want to do something easier, it's easier to do it by yourself. Um, but it is a good thing. Uh, my kids, you know, they've all been a part of shipping things out and boxing things up and assembling things. You know, we travel to conventions and homeschool groups, and they've all stood across tables and loaded up tables and done change and interacted with people. It's an amazing thing. But I'll tell you again, you don't have to do the same thing. Maybe your entrepreneurial shipness is just doing something together that you that your family does. Maybe your maybe your husband's an engineer and you you know and he likes engineering type things. It's hard to involve a, a, a family in that, but maybe you know you do some things on eBay or maybe you you know you just kind of keep your eyes open until God presents you something that that you can do. I, I love it for the the fact that it gives us flexibility, but what it really does it, it creates this team. I love when my kids will go to a, a speaking event and they'll say, we did really well, Dad. Or, "Or man, that was a hard one, wasn't it, Dad? They don't see it as my thing. They see it as our thing. Mm. And uh, even, my, again, my oldest son, Ben, who we're starting, this Smiling Homeschooler, he wants to be a part of that. He wants to, to experience that with his family. And uh, it's fun, except when it's not, to all pull the same direction and be excited about future ideas, or maybe even be sad for present ideas. Uh, but uh, it, it's a good way to family.
2: Yeah, and you, you speak actually to audiences beyond just homeschoolers. You you do family events at churches and other types of general family gatherings. Isn't that true? Right. And
0: Yes, we speak at all kinds of things. We do couples retreats and we just got back from Nebraska at a big family camp. and But, you know, we, we really, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as homeschooling. You know, I just want all families, I want dads to experience the best. I don't want them to trade it away for, for some things that don't matter. I want moms who homeschool or don't homeschool, I want them to experience God's best, not trade it away for things that might be a lot easier, like Facebook or Instagram, but don't really matter.
2: Well, you've got a lot going on. I'll be very excited to see some of your new. These are going to be audio, video. What what It's form, going to be everything. Everything. Okay.
0: We're going to we're, we're we're hoping to create a community where people can can that where moms can be a part of something that helps them and their children smile. We'll, I'm I know we'll be talking to you, Andrew, because we want to give them good tools that help them smile. Iew does that it takes away some of those things that you know for we do IEW you know it's not one of those things that that we have to labor over reinventing and our kids smile when they're doing it you know and it allows us to do that I think there are some things out there that are stealing our smiles they're erasing their smiles right off their faces because your kids don't like it you don't like it but everybody around you is telling you you how to do it so we're gonna we're gonna be talking to people whose children have already grown up we're gonna be doing some videos um we're gonna have a community again where you can just share the real you and know that everybody around you is the real you too and when we get to the end i hope that uh you'll be smiling and so will ch- your, ch- your children will be as well.
2: Well, you always make me smile, Todd. And your name is uh, easy for me to remember because I always think of Tom Hank stranded on a on an island in the middle of the Pacific. I actually watched that movie in an airplane flying across the Pacific. Why they would have shown that on that plane, it was a, a, a oh, frightening irony. But of course, his, his friend is Wilson, the the volleyball. Right, right, and right. if I were have yeah. to be stranded on an island with someone, you would be a person that it would be a delight to have to spend that time with <laughs> you you always have a fresh take and a, you have you you're one of the people whose smile travels through the ether talking to you. you could tell you're smiling. I can't see you, but I know you're smiling. I walk into a I am smiling a room and I can't even see you in the room and I just feel your smile. So I hope that we'll have a lot more chance to do things together and your season is probably winding up as, all, as we all are, but that you have a, a beautiful season and that we will see more books and comics and talks and movies. I really think you should start making a movie because think of all the bad movies that people made. Well, it wouldn't be hard to do better than that. You just have to write, <laughs> write the script and get the actors and make it happen and, and raise funds. This this could be your next big thing. I, I've ha- I see it. I see it. <laughs> Wilson, well, the movie. Know,
0: my, my <laughs> Wilson, the Ethernet smile. I kind of like that. I like that. I may even put that on my business
2: card. All right. Well, any last words you have for our our diverse group of listeners? I mean, we've got homeschoolers, non homeschoolers. You know, moms, dads, kids listen to our podcast. And, of course, we've got wow. school teachers. We we have a pretty wide range of people. I guess if you had just one last little bit of advice, take off into your next day, week, month, year, what would it be?
0: Here, I, mean, I mean, that's a, that's quite a diverse group. But I would just say, you know, the relationships, those people who are in your house, whether you're a teacher or not a teacher, you know, those relationships are the things that matter. I got stuff, you know, I feel like everything around me is broken. And if I let it, it will it will siphon off all my joy. And I, I can't see my kids anymore. I can't see those relationships. So I would say to you, you know, I know you're busy. I know things are, you know, not everything's going like you would like it. Just take a deep breath, sit down, and enjoy the people who are around you. And, and of course, smile.
1: Thank you, Todd. That was a wonderful way to wrap up this episode. And I'm so glad that we can call you a friend of IEW. Thanks for joining us today.
0: All right. I appreciate that.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.